welcome everybody to the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. Join my father, Rabbi Avi Harwitz, and myself, Ayelet, in our Bible-inspired conversation based on the weekly Torah portion. Our hope is to glean timeless Torah values to help us navigate the confusing world we live in today, as well as give us something to think about. This podcast is relevant for everybody and anybody, no matter your religious background. So with no further ado, let's get talking, let's get thinking, and let's get started. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode. We're super excited to be sharing new ideas with you guys and giving you things to think about. This week's topic is pretty interesting. I've never thought about it too much, and maybe you haven't either. Um, so we're going to jump right into this week's Torah portion topic. Because it's a topic that spans the last two readings. It also spans really the last three readings. And that is the topic of dreams. Dreams seem to take a very important place in the history of the people of Israel that are talked about in the Torah, starting from Jacob. Jacob. Yaakov, he has a dream after he starts his flight from his family's home, his family homestead, and running away from his brothers. And he receives a dream of comfort, of a promise that he will um, in, indeed sojourn far, but he will return um, whole to where he started from. And to Jacob, that was very comforting, of course. And that starts up his whole journey where he goes all the way out of the land of Israel to work for um, what eventually would be his father-in-law, Lavan. He meets his both wives, and he has quite a number of children with them. Twelve. The, the Twelve tribes. Actually, <laughs> exact. With, with four women. We Moving right along, we come to the next very famous dream which is the dream of Joseph. Joseph is um, feeling that he is uh, meant uh, for greatness. It seems his brothers pick up on it very, very quickly. Only like brothers can when there's you know, the regular brotherly brother rivalry. And they pick on it and use, to, um, use it to incriminate him with his father, tell him that he has these visions of grandeur and they're not really too happy about it. When they see that his father doesn't do much about it, they take the law into their own hands and they end up selling their brother to the land of Egypt. Only after they decided that they wouldn't kill him. Right. <laughs> of course, we're simplifying the, the story, but again, dreams in the beginning of that Torah reading are very, very important. Um, and it doesn't seem to be a dream that is, you know, just cast aside. If it was just a dream that was meaningless and Joseph was insisting on telling it over, nobody took it seriously, then it really wouldn't have created such a stir. But because it seems to be that dreams were taken seriously, that's why um, he actually attracted a little bit too much attention to himself and that created a lot of um, conflict. Afterwards, Joseph finds himself in Egypt. And he, we know the story, um, the sh let's say the short of it is that he ends up 
working for um, an important person in Egypt, and his wife starts making advances to him, and she eventually frames him um, as being someone who tries to uh, um, to attack her. He's thrown into jail, and in jail, he meets two people, the, the butler and the baker, and the butler and the baker have dreams. And he is able to interpret their dreams. The butler lives on to get to, back to his post, and the baker is actually executed. Then we're told about the next set of dreams, which is the dreams of Pharaoh. Right, so the dreams of Pharaoh, they are dreams that are also very seri taken seriously. And Joseph interprets them in order to actually save himself. And because you know, the, the butler actually passes on the word to Paro that there's this fellow in jail who's able to interpret dreams. So this is his ticket out of jail. Well, these are the stories. The, of course, the, the upshot of the stories very often has to do with how dreams can tell the future. And certainly in the case of, um, in all of these cases, actually, you know, the baker is put to death. The butler is not, and he survives. And Paro has dreams about Egypt, and Joseph is, is the one who's able to interpret them and actually make a plan of action based, seemingly based on, on his dreams. So what we'd like to discuss here and explore is what is the significance of dreams for us today? What to make of them? How serious should we take our own dreams? What could dreams and reading about dreams mean to us um, when we are looking for a message that's relevant to today's day and age? What could we possibly take from these stories? So let's digress a little bit and talk a little bit about what dreams mean in general um, in today's world. I'm curious to know how you're going to about that because I'm already imagining all those people who have dreams about being the Messiah or uh, <laughs> thing. dreams are sometimes so odd and sometimes it's funny because sometimes when dreams are very weird you kind of seem to knock them off but sometimes people are stuck on a certain dream or a belief because they dreamt about it like some people are very into their dreams and trying to decipher them and other people are not interested uh, I'm sure Freud goes to town on dreams mm -hmm. yes um, he wrote a book on it and he definitely believed that dreams were the door to the unconscious um he also believed that dreams actually distort the reality and that was the dream the, the job of the psycho uh, analyst to draw out the right message but uh, of the what you know how to interpret the the patient's unconscious um, beliefs about himself or about others um, there was another famous disciple or semi-disciple of Freud which was Jung who re revealed that um, uh, believed that dreams actually revealed you know unconscious desires in an explicit way but symbolic but explicit it doesn't those are interesting things to, 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 to study and to think about. But I think when we think about our own dreams, um, what, I, what I believe is that most 
neurologists and other scientists believe today that dreams fall into um, a couple categories. The purpose of dreams in today's modern science has a lot to do with emotional processing, which means it's, it's about making sense of information. I remember um, on a firsthand uh, kind of empirical way I've seen this happening with my own children, some more than others, when they would actually get into bed, you could watch their lips kind of muttering um, all the inputs and the impulses that they've, you know, things that have happened to them during the day. And I'm kind of like trying to decipher it and just like repeat over almost in a nonsensical way, just a million different pieces of, of information. And I'm sure that went on after the children fell asleep as well. It's, um, it just made sense to me that that's really what dream work is. It's emotional processing. There's a lot, especially for children, um, to absorb in the world. And uh, they need time to process it. And that's why sleeping is so important, especially at a young age. Um, you just need time for your mind to process all that information. Make sure you heard this, millennials. Sleep. Sleep is important. Five hours is not enough. End right. of rant. <laughs> yes. Yes. It actually, um, I've, I've been in certain circumstances, situations with others and with myself where a lot of times you go to sleep with a particular problem. Um, and when you wake up, it seems a lot clearer what to do or what the issue is or what needs to be done or the interpretation of whatever it is or, or the answer to the problem. And um, I think a lot of it also has to do with emotional processing. There's also um, among scientists, there's this idea of creating or strengthening or consolidating memory. And dreams is kind of like equivalent to memory. And it's um, sleep time is a way where kind of memory is stored. Along with that, there's like a mental cleanup, you know, where that helps the brain sort out information and determine what to keep. Um, it helps in mood regulation. Some people say that just, you know, in the REM cycles, which are when people mostly dream, it's actually a function of sleep, the, uh, the dreaming process. It actually helps people sleep a little bit deeper, kind of puts them in a different state. There are, there are those that try to control dreaming because there's a type of dreaming called lucid yeah. dreaming. Have mm -hmm. you heard of that? Yeah, I've heard about that. It's, it's where a person is more awake yeah, they're, they're, they um, they can remember clearly what they're dreaming. It's basically the 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 lightest type of sleep where a person can still be considered sleeping, but they're actually dreaming. And there are certain people that feel that you can control those types of dreams. But in any case, it's very interesting to to understand that um, in today's day and age, there's very little import uh, or or stress on the idea that dreams are, are about foretelling the future as if there would be some kind of a prophecy. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the Bible, dreams are very much equated to prophecy. And as a matter of fact, most prophets are said to have prophesied with, in their sleep, you know, in some kind of a slumbering sleep -like state. Sleep-like state. Sleep-like state, right. But yeah. what, do, what do we dream about today? If we have a hard time imagining that the significance of dreams 
is about prophecy and actually telling the future. What what could it be? That's really what we're out to discover today. What could we? What is the relevance besides the health relevance that we were talking about before? What is the relevance of dreams for us? What do we dream about? What do people mostly dream about today? I that that's impossible. No, I don't know. <laughs> Thing I've had dreams about giant frogs and schnitzel and uh, being locked out of my house. <laughs> like giant frogs with eating schnitzel, or it was actually SpongeBob making schnitzel. Hmm. It's, I have like around five dreams that I remember from years ago. Since then, I don't think I've remembered anything I've ever dreamt of in my life. But there are five dreams that I remember as if I had just dreamt them now. Interesting. One of them was Bob Bob. <laughs> I, Spongebob. I used to have a like... recurring dream when I was little. Uh, I, was, I was mentioning before about you know children having dreams and nightmares. A lot of the reasons why children have nightmares is because there is a lot of overwhelming processing that children have to do. The world is a scary place for children. And scientists say that um, a lot of times the feeling of being overwhelmed during the day uh, with all of the input that a person can feel as a child um, is comes out during the dream dream state fears a lot of fears and insecurities but the truth of the matter is there are certain common dreams even today um, i was telling of my own dream i remember as a child that it was I would be walking on the side of a forest. I would feel to the to the side of me that in this dark forest that I was walking on the edge of, there was something looking at me. <laughs> so creepy. <clears throat> yeah. And as soon as I started turning my head to look at it, I was able to make out this huge um, flaring nostrils of a huge bull with big horns kind of with big eyes, like charging out of the forest. And as soon as it was, you know, right before impact, that's when I would wake up. You had that more than once? Yes. Otherwise, I would never remember. <laughs> and I still remember having that. So it happens to be that certain uh, dreams are common. Like the, the dreams of being chased ah, or falling. Or falling. Yeah, I had one of those that I still remember. Right, falling, you know, free fall. Um, or looking frantically for something, not being able to find it. Um, arriving late, always arriving like a person has this like anxiety of like, you're not going to get there, you have to get there, you have to get there, you have to get there. You don't know where you're going or wh why you're getting there, but you just have this feeling that you need to get somewhere and, you, and, you don't, and you're not getting there and something's happening without you and you need to get there. This, that's a very common dream. Hmm. Um, being unable to breathe is also very common. These are, these are things that have been studied all around the world. Um, flying um is its typical dream and believe it or not one of the things that are mentioned in the talmud already which talks extensively about dreams and dream interpretation is the dream of your teeth falling out or your teeth rotting now it's interesting that some some scientists believe that <laughs> interestingly enough that goes hand in hand with the problem that certain people have of um, teeth grinding that people that clench their teeth um, very much uh, think about their teeth when they're clenching and grinding the teeth together. 
and it's almost as if like their body is telling them to stop it, so they imagine their teeth falling out. Of course, in the Talmud and in other sources, there are many, many um, symbolisms that are referred to when it talks about all kinds of dreams and teeth falling out is no different. Right, but, like uh, dreaming of someone dies or uh, snakes. Right. Oh, a lot. I mean, I, I, that wasn't the point of the podcast really tonight to get into symbolisms and dream interpretation. That's a, a very big um, idea. It's a very big topic to get into. But it's, it's more important for us to understand if whether dreams are even relevant. Or... Right. I mean, doctors today talk about these very common dreams and, and usually attribute them to different types of stresses on your life. So again, it's like this idea of children dreaming and, and having nightmares very often because they're overwhelmed. In other words, their, their emotional self is overwhelmed during the day. They don't know where to put it. So at night when, when their body and their defenses are lowered, they, they start conjuring up all kinds of fantastic um, thoughts, you know, fantasy thoughts. Um, so usually you talk about stress, like you know, when you're being chased, for example, it's like the inability to, to take a challenge to meet a challenge or something like that um a big challenge in your life so you just imagine like you're being hounded by it falling also uh, unable to control things so you're kind of like in a free fall you know of course not being able to breathe is also like a tremendous amount of stress or whatever it is flying has to do with exhilaration or sometimes it has to do with just stress and the you know scientists are, are are studying more and more that the 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 subconscious of a person during the day during the waking hours and what he feels uh, are manifest at night during in the dream state um but our point is here what what are we supposed to do about this like why are we reading about dreams in the torah in, in the torah clearly um the dream is a, a you know, something that portends the future. It's about giving us an insight into what's going to happen. The question that we'd like to talk about now is, is it possible to bridge that vision of what dreams are to the way we understand dreams today as being basically emotional processing? But would you call that the dreams in the Bible are emotional processing? It, it seemed... We understand it to be prophecy. You said you had said that before, so that's what I'm asking. That's what we're talking about. Can we bridge that gap? Oh, between dreams being once upon a time prophecy, whereas now we consider them to be emotional processing. Right. Okay. Right. So that's that's what we're going to try to talk about now. So I'd like to just throw out an idea. We'll see how how you how you react to it. There are. Uh, I, I was once reading a book about um about religious life in, in different religions and it was talking about it was talking about the um how people should get married you know what what are you looking for in someone who who you want to marry and in the in the religious you know sector in other words you want to marry somebody who's religious so what is it that you should be looking for so they talk about Vision, passion, and purpose. You want to marry someone with vision, passion, and purpose. 
So it struck me that in, in this context of dreams that I, I want to say that I feel that a message for today's um, world is that um, we need to re reinstate the importance of what it means to be a person of vision. And the dream is basically, a lot of times we talk about, you know, following your dreams, and people always say, you know, follow your dreams in a very empty way. You can <laughs> pretty much, every, you know, three quarters of Disney movies have some kind of a line. You know, follow your dreams. Yeah, follow your dreams. So when you say that in, you know, that very kind of, um, I guess, infantile, more like childish way, like what, what does it really mean to a child when you tell a child to follow their dreams? It means like, if you want to do something, do it, basically, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you really want to do something, do it. Don't let somebody stop you just because, you know. Okay, maybe that's nice, maybe not, depending on what it is that you want to do. But it, it doesn't, that's not really a message, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's more that dreams, if they are significant, they're about vision. And vision means that we as human beings should be thinking way out of our own box. We shouldn't only be thinking about what we're going to do tomorrow or what we're going to eat tomorrow or simple things about that have to do with survival. Vision means that we need to take stock of what it is we understand about the world and we need to delve into it and we have to deepen our understanding of what we think is a good thing um, for the world. What is good, what is our vision for XYZ thing of the world means, what do we think the the best end all for this particular thing that we're thinking about uh, would be? How does it look? How does civilization look? What should it look like? What do communities look like? What does proper behavior look like? Um, what um, does fraternity and friendship look like? What does a marriage look like? All these very important topics, if you don't think about it, of course you won't have a vision. When we say having a vision, we mean really spending the time to think about those important parts of life so that you develop your vision about these things. And what I'd like to suggest is that even when you look back into the, to the Bible, um, I think what you're feeling is uh, that the, those people that were great enough to really dream their vision, it's because they were passionate about the vision. They really believed that um, they were on a purposeful mission to do something. So let's say in the case of Joseph, Joseph had a vision about the way things should be. And for some reason, that involved him personally. And you can delve into that as to why, what he thought about himself being the leader and why he thought he was the one. And of course, it becomes a little sticky when it's, when it's personal because it's about him. It seems to be almost egotistical. But ultimately, the vision that he had, he was so sure about it, 
and he was so sure that it was right that he was completely passionate about it and up to the point where he was willing to go to great lengths to make sure that his vision was going to be fulfilled. So when you have a vision and you see it and you spend time on it, you realize that like this is what life is all about. Um, you become passionate about it. So then you find your purpose within your vision as well. And um, I find that I, I find that sorely missing. I find that the world we live in is very apathetic when it comes to um, finding a vision. I find that um, we're um, we're a little bit too um, for different reasons. We're a little bit too hesitant to to find a, a clear vision uh, for ourselves when it comes to these things. I think the world is a very confusing place. Uh, because it's there's so much out there. There's so much information. There's so you're we're so bombarded with different ideas about things. It's very hard to find your own vision. If you, if it's not your own vision, if it's not something you really spend your own time to discover, you're just going to be parroting um, someone else's vision. And when it's someone else's vision, it's very hard to get passionate about it, and therefore it's very hard to find your own purpose in within it. So what what I'm what I'm trying to say over here is that for a dream to be like a prophetic type of thing that's going to tell the future, I, I firmly believe that at least that starts from a a passionate vision, a personal passionate vision. And if a person really um, you know does that. It's almost as if sometimes doesn't always work, but it, it's it's almost as if that that will determine his own future. It's like yeah, self. It, it, there's this concept self -determination. of self, yeah, self determination, self fulfilling prophecy. I do it a lot with coaching, with goal setting. It's about understanding what you want and where you want to be, and how you think you can make the most out of yourself and the opportunities presented to you, and um, really, really bind that that vision or that goal for yourself really does inspire people to move, to do forward, which if if we do the actions that our vision requires, then we usually get the results. If it's, it's usually when you're not clear on what you want that what you end up doing isn't in line with this or that, so the results are very fuzzy. But when you're working towards something, you're passionate about something, you're driven towards something, then the actions that you take are in line with that vision, which would obviously, which would logically make the results bring you closer to that result that you want. Right. I, I also happen to believe that if a person is truly uh, a visionary and passionate about the vision, they will actually dream about it. <laughs> you will have visions in your sleep, um, non-waking -wake, hours. And um, I, I know people like that. Um, I can't put myself in that in that uh, category because I, I don't I don't remember my dreams in general. <laughs> I got that from you and <laughs> yeah. Well, most a lot of people don't. But the point is, is that um, if a person is really passionate about something, I, you know, I know scholars that dream about their what they're thinking about. They really, you know, like the eureka moments sometimes come, like we were talking about, just like when you give your mind a rest for the information to settle in a certain way and kind of 
your brain starts processing and organizing and sorting, things very often fall into the right place. I'm thinking, though, that we don't have to only classify dreams as what happens during our sleep, but I think, you know, when we daydream during the day or even give yourself those moments to just sit and imagine how something could play out, I would call that a dream as well. I guess we'd say in a modern language, you say when you quiet your mind. <clears throat> when you quiet your mind means you're giving yourself, and this is what this podcast is about really, is to make a plug for giving yourself the time to quiet your mind so that you can establish a vision for yourself. First decide what it is that you think is important in life and talk to yourself about it and discover what kind of a vision you have for it. I find that um, exposing yourself to different ideas is very nice. And when you become excited or passionate about a particular idea, then let that idea germinate with you. Maybe it's it's really striking a chord in you because you think that um, it's touching a vision you know, for you in life. It's touching a, a topic that you think needs to be remedied or it's something that speaks to you personally because... Um, you know, it, it, it reverberates in you. You think that you have a lot to do with carrying that forth. So if you, for example, if you see um, somebody talking about leadership and that person says something that, you know, really strikes a chord in you, um, it's, it's a good chance that you have a desire to be a leader or you have a desire at least to understand or to have a vision about what leadership leadership means. So it's giving you a certain type of clarity, which can help you develop that vision. And um, I, I believe, and to make a long story short, that when we study about these dreams in the Bible, what's being told us to us, what's being told to us on a more of a relevant day-to-day um, um, level, is that uh, we could, we should all be dreamers. Right? We should all be dreamers. We should all be. Um, strive to be those that are developing our vision and our vision a vision means something that's not just the here and now your needs it's, it's based on what you think is good it's it's based on a, on a question that we ask ourselves like how things should be how are they now and how things how do i think things should be which means how should i be able to interact with with things so that i can give my input and and making things better what's my vision for that how do i see if i'm if i'm going to go into a marriage or if i'm interested in marrying what is my vision for marriage i mean we can have a lot of fuzzy ideas or fuzzy feelings but it's a different thing when a person sits down and really thinks about particular issues that have to do with marriage and what a good marriage looks like and what communication looks like and what love is and when you discuss that things with yourself or with others, you develop a vision and you say, you know, I really believe that love means this. And that's my that's my vision about love. And and when it becomes an idea that you've elaborated with yourself, you but I think by definition you become more passionate about it and it becomes more important to you. And then if it grows with you, it could even become your purpose. You can even find a way to inspire others to to understand the the centrality of something like love and relationships, as an example. Hmm. Interesting. So I guess I would 
I would bring that down into more of like a, a practical sort of, you know, DIY exercise for this podcast is um, to, to, to get, you said quiet your mind. I also think that focus in your mind. Um, a lot of times people think quieting your mind means thinking of nothing and it's just quiet. But I find that a lot of times focusing your mind on something in particular and letting everything else slide out is a good way to, um, to kind of go into that meditative, meditative state, um, which yeah. is hard in our day and age because there's so many distractions which diffuse our focus. Um, so I definitely, I highly encourage giving ourselves time to, to focus our mind, to quiet our mind, however you want to think about it. Develop a vision. And yeah, develop. And what we say by a vision is, is I, I would describe a vision as, as a, as a deep desire that has to do with our, our individual opportunities. Meaning, like you said, it's not about the here and now and what I want to do tomorrow. It's about coming into this understanding of what I can do and what my opportunities are and how I want to express those in a world that will bring about more good or bring about the way I think the world would benefit from. Um, I hesitate to, to say words like should, just because of my coaching background, I, I frown upon the word should. I don't think it's very useful. But uh, I, I think that it's important for us to ask ourselves, what do we really want? How would I like this community to look like? What do I want from myself? What do I want from others? What can I add to what already is? And um, I think that you could get really, like my father saying, very passionate, very passionate about things that you create because it becomes a part of you. Um, and usually when things are a part of you, you become more attached. It's interesting the way you're saying it. it you're, the, you, I, I think any uh, an acute a person who's listening carefully can see the difference between the way you express things and the way I express things because I'm from a different generation. And and the word should and the way and the and the, and the word um, the way things should be um, is not something that we had a problem with. Um, and I but I also understand where it is you're coming from and why there's a hesitancy or there's a dislike of the word should because it doesn't really do anything for you if you're not willing to take action but i think they both can exist i think the vision of the way things should be is basically an idea of what, what do you think is right in other words let's even if you're looking at something very personal like relationships or, or marriage or love or or other systems of right of human you know what it should be which is a kind of a, a you know a utopic thing it's true but it, you and can become passionate about it and, and then you need to translate it into what it has to do with you you have to bring it down and say to yourself what can i do with my own life to be as get as close to that i can to that to that goal to that vision to the way I think things should be, because um, it's true. It's a truer way of living. It's more. It's more connected way of living. Let's say. So it's a vision. It's it's like we're full of visions. We raise children. We do things like raising a family and uh, marrying and getting a job and going through life with a lot of half baked visions in our mind from our own experience. I'd even say we have visions sometimes that are counterproductive. And I think that would be interesting for you guys and for all of us to really explore as well. Like, what are those 
um, visions that we haven't tapped into that are actually visions that um, hold us back or kind of, for example, like this, the uh, negative fulfilling prophecy of the people who automatically think this isn't going to work out. So that I, that's vision. It's vision, but not all vision is positive vision. Not all vision is forward moving. Um, so that's also interesting. It's, you know, understanding where, where in your life, where in our lives, we, uh, we're, we're attaching ourselves to a vision that is unhelpful or negative, and how can we change that around? Right. I wanted to just wrap it up by, by saying that, just bringing it back to this week's Torah reading, I think one of the reasons why Pharaoh or Pharaoh actually listened to Joseph as opposed to his advisors, his trusted advisors, where they were also trying to interpret his dreams, and they were giving him all kinds of interpretations that had to do with his own life. Joseph was the first one to say, you know, Paro, you are dreaming big. You're not just dreaming about little things that have to do with your life. You're dreaming about the entire country and the future of the country. And the reason why that rung true in Pharaoh is because he really evidently felt that that was what was most concerning to him more than anything else. As a leader, he really lived and breathed his people and the, and the fortunes of his of his country. And when Joseph said that to him, he realized he he found his his uh, he found his um, his his connection to his country that was like latent in him that he thought perhaps wasn't as present as it was. And um, and then he said, "Yeah, that was it." And then he let Joseph run with it because he really felt that he he had some kind of a as being the leader of his people he had some kind of an, an inkling or um an insight as to what was about to happen to his people which only he could have so in a sense it's like a prophecy but it's also when people are very very in touch with things they can be almost prophetic and we can be that way with our own lives if you're very in touch with what you need and what you want and the way things should be and how you fit into that uh, um, scheme of things. You can also almost become somewhat prophetic and passionate about what it is uh, that should happen in your life, and and that's the best way to get it to get it happening. So before we summer, before we wrap it up, just uh, I guess it, it's important to say that we're obviously not talking about everyone. There are obviously those people who have. Um, <laughs> really wacko far off dreams not to say that these people don't have visions i'm sure that the people who dream they're the messiah have massive visions about being the redeemers of earth <laughs> um but yeah i'm saying it might be an interesting conversation to have about you know do we do we believe all the dreams how much of the dreams do we believe there's there's a lot of unanswered questions here and things that we didn't really get into but the main point here is really vision passion purpose i would say right that's how you would fill this up Dreams are our opportunity to create vision for ourselves, which in turn have us feel feeling passionate about what we want to do, where we want to go, how we're going to do it, what our part of it is, which ultimately gives us purpose, which I think is a huge topic, especially in, in our generation now. We just think people feel so apathetic. I happen to agree with that. Um, so many people are looking to find and understand what what the point of it all is. <laughs> What, what am I doing here? Why is it important for me to be here? Do I matter? All these 
all these questions that are coming up a lot. Um, and it's, it's, it's a huge topic. So that's, that's how we would both uh, sum this all up. It's all about vision, passion, and purpose. Dream, the story of dreams are there to encourage us to get involved with exploring our vision. Solid. Well, I hope you all enjoyed everybody. If you have comments, questions, please feel free to um, contact us. I'm going to be creating an email for this podcast where you can send in questions and comments. Um, in the meanwhile, feel free to leave uh, comments and reviews on Spotify or whatever player you're listening to this podcast on. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. We'll see you next week. And everybody, be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend. And we hope that this gave you something to think about.